Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I'm thrilled to have another guest with me. We have Rosie Whitwell. Rosie is a paediatric sleep practitioner, a registered nurse and health visitor, and she's based in Oxford. What I love about Rosie, well, there are many things I love about Rosie, is the fact that she is medically trained. So when you're dealing with anything to do with your baby or small child, I think that gives an awful lot of people comfort in terms of what you do. The fact that you have that medical background, which is quite unusual amongst sleep practitioners. So, Rosie, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Marie. I feel I feel a bit like uh, an imposter, but it's lovely to be invited on to talk about my business. So it's exciting. Uh, not at all. I mean, the, the whole point of these podcasts is that I don't want the big names that are on everybody's podcast and you hear the same things again and again. I think it's really useful for people to hear from people who are at a similar stage or a bit further ahead in their business than they are, because I think we can really learn from each other. Yeah, certainly when I listen to podcasts, it's lovely to hear from other people that are going through this, you know, similar things. You know, it's not just you, don't you? Absolutely. So can you explain a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got started in your business? Yeah, so I, I basically help anyone with sleep issues with their it tends to be young babies but I also work with um preschool age children and occasionally with school age children as well um you know anyone that's having sleep issues that they haven't been easily able to resolve themselves by um you know what their friends and family are telling them and what the health system might be telling them and you know google searches they sort of get to the end of what they can do themselves and then they're looking for a professional to help them so so that's where I step in and I usually um it normally the process is that that they'll get in touch and via my website and uh we'll have a quick chat and I I then take a few details and see I don't always work with people I, I quite often send people away and just say look try a few things um I don't think you need a sleep consultant yet you know what you're describing sounds really normal so I'd say that probably happens 40 to 50 percent of the time really um it's quite a high sort of turn away rate and I often give lots of advice on on those quick sort of pre-chats and they'll often leave me a review anyway because what I've said has helped. So, you know, I feel like even though I haven't charged them, it's I get something back from it anyway, which is which is lovely. Um and how I got started, um well I was obviously helping for a long time. I had my children and and then I, I was out of helping for a, a good few years. So I had to being a nurse, you have to um re register if you've been out for more than three years. So I did my return to practice in at Oxford Brooks um, University and got a health visiting job. I was in Banbury for most of, most of the time after having my children. Um, and then it just got to a point where my youngest child, who's now 16, he was, he was getting to be quite a good footballer and I was having to do lots of 
really long journeys, round trips in the day um, to get him to football training and back. And just wasn't really working with the nine to five sort of health visitor job that I had. But I just thought, what else can I do? I'm not qualified to do anything else, really. I've been a nurse and a health visitor since I was 18. And I just sort of started thinking about what I do with with clients health visiting. And one of the things that they ask about, you know, on a daily basis is sleep. So I went off and got myself on a sleep practitioner course um, with the Southampton Sleep Service that's run by health professionals and did that course and basically just told everyone what I was doing, anyone that I knew. And, and somebody said, oh, I've got a friend who could really do with you. So I worked with her for free and she's a, she's a, she actually coincidentally happens to be a paediatric dietitian. So I actually have gone on to form a really good working relationship with her and also a, a friendship. Um, so I did that for free and just asked if she could leave me a review. And and it sort of just went from there, really. Um, I did a few free ones, got a few, few reviews, realised that it was working, what I was saying was helping, and then started charging. And, you know, it's just it's just grown from there, really. That was five years ago now. I was going to say, Rosie does charge not just everything for free now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I do charge now, sadly, yeah. But um, actually, the way that you got your that first client is what I tell lots of people to do. Lots of people think you need a logo and a website to actually get your first client. And all you need to do is tell people about what you do. And it's not necessarily the case that they will become clients. It's more that they will know people who might need your services. So um, I just want to pick up on the, on doing this around your family, because your family, obviously your children are a little bit older now. You said your youngest is 16. And can you just talk a little bit more about how you've managed to fit in what you do around your family? Because I think that's a position that lots of people are in, maybe not with children quite so um, grown up now, but certainly, you know, that's something that, especially during the summer holidays, lots of people have to juggle. Yeah, I find that I have to really set myself goals for the day. Otherwise I can, you know, the whole day's when they're at school you know it stretches out in front of you and you think where do you start so I do have to be fairly I've got a lot better over the five years of being more organized and you know allocating periods of time really um so I always sit down I use I use um what's it it's it's the pom, pomodoro technique oh the pomodoro technique yes yeah I'm red on yeah I do that quite a lot I I can I can work a bit longer than twenty five minutes without being distracted, but I have to. I sort of set, I do set a timer and think well, I'm going to get an hour's worth of writing done. You know whether that's for a new client's sleep plan or whether that's a um, a, a blog for my website or something like that, social media posts. I have to sort of set myself, and I'm better in the mornings as well. You realise whether you're better what time of day really, and that sort of soon became obvious that I get more and more distracted as the day wears on. Uh, and then often, you know, with the with the clubs and you know after school football and things, I'd be sitting up in um, West Brom where my son plays, and I'd be in a cafe just writing social media posts and you know that kind of thing. And so there would be a pattern to when I posted it was all, it would always coincide with when he was training. And um, so it's really just using your time. But I think the danger the danger is that you that you almost don't give yourself a break sometimes because you 
you know, you feel you should, because it's your, your business, you feel like you should be working on it all the time. So I, again, that's something that's evolved over the years. Um, you know, when, when my children are home from university or, you know, I do actually make, I say, no, I'm not doing anything this afternoon. I'm going to spend time with them or, but that's the, the joy of it really, isn't it? You can, you can, you can fit in around them and work in the evenings if you have to. You know, some days I'll get to the end of the day and think I haven't really worked hard enough. Get you know, get down to some work now. And um, you know, I it, it just sort of um, it ebbs and flows really. Yeah, it's quite different to time before children, especially if you were working for somebody else, where you had your set hours. And okay, you might go beyond that slightly, but you knew when you were working and when you were free. Whereas it's much more fluid, which is one of the beauties I think of running your own business around a family. But it's also makes it more challenging to put those boundaries in place I think it can be I think you have to and it's something that you do have control of you know you can be more organized if you're not a particularly organized person that is something you can definitely work on and I've had to really work on my time management uh, because like you say it's very structured when you're working in the health service um, when you've got the whole day where do you start That, that can be quite daunting to start with so, Rosie, given that you are a paediatric sleep consultant, um, I thought it would actually be really useful for those that do have younger children who are struggling perhaps with their baby's sleep patterns, if you could give us a few few tips. Yeah, sure. I um, I, I like to sort of keep it fairly simple and, and not overcomplicated, but there are, you know, it's good to explain to parents that there are two things that govern our sleep, whether you're a baby, a child or, or an adult. And the two two things sort of work together and one of them is your circadian rhythm so uh, you know very much centered around daylight and dark and also meal times uh, your temperature that kind of thing sort of ebbs and flows throughout the day um, and then the other thing is your what we call our homeostatic sleep drive more commonly known as sleep pressure and that's basically being tired enough or, or overtired um, so, so babies and children obviously can't stay awake as long as adults before that sleep pressure builds up. So, what we're what we're hoping for with with babies, and often, often they come, parents will come to me when they're struggling to fall asleep at bedtime when the little ones may be staying awake for an hour or two before they'll finally drop off. And it's often something really, often a simple fix with sleep drive. It's often that their nap was too late, their nap was too long that kind of thing often often with small you know with toddlers they've perhaps been used to having a two-hour nap in the middle of the day and there comes a point where that actually will interfere with their ability to fall asleep Um, and also it does affect their ability to stay asleep for the whole night if they're getting too much sleep in the day so that's a really simple fix that often parents can just look at that really and you know just see what time they're normally so if you put them to bed at seven and they're not actually falling asleep till eight, then it might be that you need either A, to put bedtime to eight, or if you're not happy with that, maybe miss out the nap or make it earlier and shorter. So there's there's tweaks you can do depending on their age and their behaviour, really. If they're struggling during the day to keep going till bedtime on no nap, you know, if they're not, if their behaviour sort of deteriorates, if they're, if they're not hungry, you might think, well, they still need a nap, but I'm just going to keep it short and, and not you know, maybe put bedtime back a little bit. So that that's one of the really simple fixes. Um, environment is something that I always talk to parents about. So 
that would be things like your blackout blinds so that you're helping that cacadium with the, the melatonin production that happens when it's dark. Um, some parents use white noise, which can be good to block out sounds, you know, early in the morning when it's harder to get back to sleep if you're woken. And also I would encourage parents to get their little ones out during the day in, in the natural sunlight, especially in the morning. Again, that applies to all ages, not just little ones. That can really, really help, especially with your newborn and your because they're not born with a cicadian rhythm. So getting them out in the daylight can really help start to structure that that sleep wake cycle. Um, bedtime routine is another really simple fix that, you know, often when I speak to parents, bedtime routine, most people have got one going, but often it can be a bit too long. It, there can be lots of sort of going up and down stairs, maybe watching TV, that kind of thing. So again, just try and look at your bedtime routine, keep it focused. So depending on their age, 30, 45 minutes, and, you know, just try not to look at screens if they're a bit older, because that, again, can interfere with their melatonin production and their ability to fall asleep. Um, so I usually advise sort of an hour before bed, if possible, to have screen-free time. Um, and then, so as I've said before, you need to make sure they're tired enough. And then sort of a slightly less common issue can be if they're overtired um, and that can stop them being able to fall asleep easily. So again, you might need to look at um, improving naps or bringing bedtime forward. Um, this you'll you'll know whether they're overtired because it's usually a behaviour. Um, you know, they're normally quick to cry, off their food a bit, that kind of thing. Um, but it's again, it's something that I can usually diagnose over the phone um, whether it's that that issue. So they they would be the things that I would really look at, and then. If parents are ready to give it a go, self-settling at bedtime can be key. Um, and there's no need to, to leave them to cry. There's no need. That there's a, a technique called cry it out, uh, which is, you know, parents will have heard of. And that's basically you just shut the door and leave them to cry. It's something that grandparents and in-laws might be telling you to do. Hopefully no health professional would tell you to do that. Um, so... You, there's no need for any of that really you just stay with them and you just encourage them to to where they've been used to falling asleep on you and maybe feeding to sleep you might want to just slowly encourage them to get used to their cot and it might be it might take an hour to start with but you keep comforting them and you're basically waiting for that sleep drive to take over and they they start to fall asleep in their cot and realize it's a safe and happy place which is why I encourage parents to stay with their babies or children while they're learning to do that, because then you know there's no separation anxiety if you leave the room and you know you're not they're not crying because you're not there. They're just maybe a bit sad that you're that you're not doing what you normally do. Um, again, it's all age appropriate to get. That's something that I really stress is that you know a, a newborn baby and for many months actually won't be ready to do self settling on the whole. They they need you to get them to sleep. So it's, you know, it's always case by case, but generally I work with parents whose babies are sort of around approaching a year, maybe mum's going back to work um, or maybe he's back at work already and is just struggling with that bedtime and waking frequently over the night. So once they've got the hang of self-settling, often it improves the night wake-ups as well because they're, they're, they're happy, they look round and think, oh, I'm in my cot, it's, it's fine, and they, go, they can go back to sleep by themselves. So, so I'm always coming from the angle that 
it's better for babies and children to feel really happy and safe and confident in their sleep space with you helping them. And then you can gradually work on not being there as time goes by. That sounds very good advice. Um, I certainly remember those days um, very well. They're a bit of a blur, but it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because people use um, sleep deprivation as a form of torture and it's something that as parents we do go through. But there's been a proliferation of sleep consultants, certainly since mine were babies. And I think that's because people are recognising that you can do something about it. You can get help. And it's not expensive. It's not embarrassing to ask for help. It's something that we should all do if we've got an issue with with something like that. Yeah, 100% agree. And it's uh, uh, there's, a, there's a neuroscientist who you may have heard of called Matthew Walker who wrote Why We Sleep. It's a really good book. Um, I mean, my cover's fallen off. It's so well read. But he says in there that sleep is emotional first aid. And, you know, it's such a brilliant quote because, you know, it really, you do feel so much better if you've had a good night's sleep. And sadly, parents are often not getting that. Um, and, and you and you go with that for a while, with that sleep deprivation, and, and you're off work, you're not having to do the things you normally have to do. So and you can have a nap in the day and you, you cope with it. But once parents are back at work, I mean, I deal, I seem to get a lot of doctors and, and vets and people like that with sort of high pressure jobs that just literally can't function on the on the sleep, sleep deprivation that they're going through and they, they then turn to, to me to, to help them. So, yeah, definitely don't suffer in silence. There's so much free advice out there on the, on the internet, on Instagram, you know, blogs and stuff. You know, read around, find, find who it is that seems to agree with your parenting philosophy and, and you know, take, take that free advice. And if you don't get anywhere with that, then, then take it further and speak to a professional. Yeah, I think that advice could apply to most things in life and business as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I struggled in the first few years, you know, I, I had, um, no professional help at all. And I've come from the health service where business is definitely not something that, that we even think about. So yeah, I was reading everything I could, listening to all the podcasts that I could, you know, getting all that free information. It's only as, you know, four or five years down the line that, you know, been able to get more professional help with everything so yeah absolutely what do you think you have found as some of the <clears throat> sorry what do you think you have found are some of the biggest challenges with regard to starting out in business and, and then growing a business um well obviously financially but you, you start um with zero and I don't know I'm just doing pre free work to start with. so I think you have to you know bear that in mind and you know some I think possibly in hindsight, I might have kept working and doing a few hours um, for the health service before setting up on my own. But I think it came to a bit of a crisis point. I was starting to not like my job anymore. And I just, in the end, I just said, oh, I've got, I'm, I'm, go I'm going and I'm you know, going to start something new. So there were a few, a few months where there wasn't any money coming in. Um, so obviously that's, that's a, a big challenge. Um, and then, I would say moving forwards as well, there's some really good months where I was too busy and there were months where it's really quiet and it's only four or five years down the line that you see the patterns and you're 
prepared in advance for them. And I'm just getting to the point now where I'm hoping to do some online courses and you know, get that sort of side set up so that when it is quiet, I've still got money coming in, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I, I think financially that's obviously a, a big factor. And also I'd say being working on your own and not mm-hmm. having that community that you're used to when you're, well, per, for me personally with, with the health service, obviously you go back and you, you debrief with your colleagues and you don't you don't get back when you're working on your own. So you have to sort of find those networks for yourself. I think that's that's really important, and quite a few people have mentioned that on this podcast. the The need for the, the difference when you're working on your own, and you know, you can send yourself crazy sometimes. So finding the right group of people and networks and networking have got a bit of a bad rap because we think of the very pushy sales networks, but actually, it's just all about having a supportive community, and there are lots of them out there, and it's a case of finding the right one. Talking yeah. of finding things. How how have you found clients or how have clients found you generally? Um, well, very much to start with, it was word of mouth and referrals. And that obviously that still still happens now. Um, some, sometimes it's repeats. So I've now been able to, having been doing it for five years, I've now had some people who had babies and then come back to me with you know when they're maybe when those babies are toddlers or when they have new babies so that that's happening more and more now and I I also very early on set up a google my business page which I don't think it's called that anymore I think it's called something else now but no I think it might be called google maps it's very recent yeah they changed it that that has absolutely been invaluable for me. So before my website sort of started to rank and things, before people would find you just by searching baby sleep consultant, for instance, they would they would find me if they were local. So and I seem to get it quite a lot of business just from from local searches. Mm. So that, you know, and, and having um I do have a system in place now where I do ask everybody at the end of our time together for a google review so and i've got 41 now so that you know i've really worked on that and i would say that helps you get ranked very well locally absolutely that's um, amazing 41 yeah so it's like that's obviously a slow slow and I, you know I, at the beginning i used to forget or i'd be embarrassed to ask but now i'm completely brazen about it and i will just because if, if you most people are absolutely delighted with what's happened and they're only too happy to, to leave a review. I know I'm, I'm always really happy to leave a review. So, so I just ask people now. Um, and I, yeah, so I, it's just about the, the personal touches as well for me. I, I send all my clients a, um, a little book at the end of our time together, a, a baby board book. And I, I, I just think, well, does it look like if I, if I ask them for a review, does it look like I don't need, so I now send, I now ask for a review before you know it's kind of, it's, it's quite tricky but I always want to send them a, a thank you for working with me because it's a massive thing to 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 give your trust to somebody so I have to get the timing right so it doesn't look like I'm here's a book and now can you leave me a review so so that's 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 it's those kinds of things really that in, in, people will you know it's that word of mouth going a little bit further than than perhaps they were expecting um you know, so that they do refer to to their friends and family that are having trouble with sleep sleep issues. So, so I would say, giving a really good service from start to finish, trying to 
get back to people straight away. And over the over the five years, I've definitely got better at communicating what I'm going to be providing. I still still could probably work on that uh, even more. Um, you know, when I'm going to phone them and all those kinds of it's that it's that sort of start process from start to finish. Really, just, you can always always be working on that. I um, obviously. Marie did my website for me a year ago now, and I would say I, I would say you be patient, and you will start to rank if you're putting good information on there. I've been putting blogs on there, and I've said started to rank really well now. Um, and it and it takes time; it's not going to happen overnight. So, um, but yeah, have have the best website you can afford, and you know, keep keep adding to it and updating it, putting new information. I think that. That's helping, you know, I, it's not just local people that are finding me now. Because mm, you um, work online as well, don't you? You work via Zoom. I do all of that by by Zoom now. I don't um, I do not do any home visits, really. I think if someone local asked me to, I would. It, it's not that I wouldn't do it, but with um, COVID and lockdowns, I just went over to and it, over to Zoom and it just helps, you know, my, my time management apart from anything else. Um, and you can get to know people really well. I, I was the um, yeah definitely I mean we we've never met <laughs> no <laughs> and I, no, I, 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 I know you quite well yeah exactly it is amazing isn't it how how we this is, COVID really helped us to to waste a bit less time I think with you know driving miles to see people when it's not necessary yeah um, I, I'm I'm the same I know um I've worked with a number of clients locally who I'd never met before I started building their website and we did everything over Zoom and then I would be in town and suddenly I would bump into them and it was really, well, it was it, often we would just chat like we'd seen each other last week, but actually it was, you know, we'd never met before and it's it, yes. really interesting that the, the, the how good a relationship we can build up now over Zoom. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely recommend it. It's, um, you know, I've never had any, you know, because I have to ask them really quite personal questions sometimes you know because I'm taking medical histories and you know finding out everything I can about the family dynamics and things and people are often really very honest with me and and you know you can have a you can have a lovely relationship with them and you know some people they write in their reviews you know it's almost like Rosie became a friend and you know that's really lovely it's it's professional but they you know for them to to feel they can trust you it's it's it feels like you know a friend that you've known for a long time really yeah. Um, and then one final way that I have been found a few times is actually by being on podcasts. So a few clients have phoned me and said they heard me talk. I was on a health sister podcast once um, and I was on a podcast with a doctor and you know, a couple of people have said, oh, I heard you. Because I always ask, actually, I always ask people how how they um, how they found me. And, you know, a few times it's been via podcast. So definitely recommend being a guest on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if anybody is looking for sleep consultant, then, yeah, we'll, uh, uh, we'll come on to your uh, contact details in a in a little bit. But before we do, I did actually just want to touch on, on the website. And interestingly, you found me, I believe, well, maybe you can explain how you found me and why why you decided it was time for a new website and, and, and why you chose me. Yeah, I mean, I've been having the thought that my website needed upgrading. And, you know, I had a perfectly, perfectly adequate website. It was functional, um, but it just didn't really reflect me. I felt it wasn't um, 
it wasn't, it didn't look how I felt it should look. You know, the photographs, I wasn't very pleased with them. I was a bit embarrassed to have people go there, I suppose. And so I, I think I'd been having those thoughts for a while. And, and I'd made a few inquiries with local companies and it was always, no disrespect, but it was always men and they'd give you, you know, all this spiel and, you know, I thought I found it quite intimidating really. So, and I'm on Instagram and I actually don't know how I came across you, but it must've been by someone else's website. Maybe they'd said that they'd used you or I can't really remember. I think, I think you told me at the time, cause I always ask as well, yeah. that it was via Instagram. Oh, it was definitely via Instagram, yeah, but I can't remember how I found you on Instagram, whether it was a post that came up into my feed or whether it was someone else, but yeah, it was definitely via Instagram because that was relative, that's, that, at that time, that was fairly unusual for you, was it, to be found It was, Instagram? but you, you yeah. set up a bit of a train, actually, and I have got to have quite it. a few clients via Instagram since. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would say it's the same for me. I, you know, hardly, I used to think I'm not really getting any, any, anything back for the time that I invest in Instagram but actually you know that happens more and more I think um as time goes by as you get more followers and you get into a bit of a groove with the sort of information that you give Mm -hmm. um and I you know that so that happens more and more and in terms of when we actually set out on the process of building a website how did you how, how did you find that? Because actually, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realise is the amount of work that goes in on both sides when it comes to actually to building a website or building a new website. Yeah, that was actually a surprise to me. And that's when I knew that you really knew what you were doing because you made me talk about my business because obviously I know it the best. Whereas before when I had my website done, it was that I wasn't asked all those questions about what it is that I do and what it is that I wanted to get across. So, you know, it was work, working with you made me realise that I had to get my messaging straight. And, you know, that was that was key really to having a good website. It's not just about the pretty pictures. Obviously, you want it to look nice, but, you know, actually what you say, I'm saying it concisely. So, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot of work to do, um, you know, which, which you helped helped me with and guided me with because obviously having been a nurse and a health I'm totally un-techy on that front uh, my children laugh at me how bad I am um so yeah having someone that's not someone that can guide you through it and just make it seem straightforward was mm. was really helpful and and now and you you did a call with me at the end of the process to sort of show me how to make alterations and I've got that in writing as well so I can whenever I want to do anything I get it out and look at it and you know it's really it just means that I can make those alterations and I'm I change things on it and add uh, blogs every every month really I'm always I'm always there tinkering with things yeah occasionally things I did have to contact you recently to say something had gone really badly wrong and could you sort it out (laughs) (laughs) which you did so that was good but yeah it's just you know I think it's you've got to find someone that is you don't I suppose you don't have to find someone that's similar to you but I think it really helped me that you were a mum and you know you, you were you were obviously an expert in what you did that could get across your message without intimidating you really yeah those 20 something year old men intimidate me as well with some of their website speech <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and they don't you know that they don't I think having someone that understands what it's like working around your family is just is invaluable really 
Yeah. And the impact that your website has had, as you say, it's about a year since it went live. So in that year, what impact has your new website had? I mean, I've definitely seen a pickup of of um, contacts and, you know, really um, people that you know. I mean, I can tell from the emails I get almost whether it's something that's going to go further. And I definitely quality the the quality of people, um, you know, the inquiries has gone up. It's not just people um, wanting to know the price, or because it's all all those bits of information are there already. So if they don't like the price, then they'll go and move on somewhere else. Um, you know, so so the people that contact me have usually thought I want to work with her. Mm-hmm. So you know, it invariably goes a bit further. Um, onto a full consultation now so it's definitely the quality of inquiries and and the volume as well yeah and, and I've really noticed that recently actually a, a year later I really noticed it and when I google myself you know I noticed that I've gone up quite a bit so um in the rankings but yeah that's like I say you have to be patient don't you do have to be patient but I think the point you make about the quality of inquiries is is really important because we that's what a good website should do. It should turn away people who are not right for you. So sometimes it might be a case of the number of inquiries goes down, but the number of good inquiries should increase. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely, one of the things I feel very strongly about and was able to get across on the website is that I don't really want to work with young babies, like newborns, because actually you don't need a help. You don't need a sleep consultant then. Um, You know, you, you need, just to follow your instincts and your intuition and, you know, maybe take your health system's advice, but actually it's, you don't need somebody coming in and helping you at that early stage. Mm. And I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do what's traditionally called sleep training. So again, you're able to put that on your web, you're able to get that across in a way that deters those people that, that want to have their baby sort of sleep trained. You know, yeah, from a, from eight weeks or whatever. Absolutely. And before I've got some quick buy questions for you, but before I do that, can you um, let people know where they can find you? So I'm my website is babyandchildsleep.com. Very simple. And my Instagram handle, which is where I'm mainly active on social media, is babyandchild underscore sleep. I'm also on Facebook but not quite as much there. So that's baby and child sleep, separate words. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I'm not really very active on LinkedIn um, or any of the other social media, certainly not on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, people keep telling me it's it's great, but I haven't I haven't got around to, to looking at that yet. So yeah, that's where you can find me. I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes for people. So finally, some, some quick questions. Um, first of all is, podcasts and obviously people who are listening to this are listening to it on a podcast and it's always great to get other recommendations of podcasts to listen to so if you've got any other good podcasts for people to listen to i mean i love podcasts my family again take take the mickey out of me because i'm always listening to podcasts in the car or on dog walks and things but so i've got loads but i've narrowed it down so i really early on i found and i goodness knows how i found it there was somebody called Timbo Reed, and he's Australian, as he as he sounds. Timbo Reed, and his website, his uh, podcast is called the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast, and 
I found that invaluable in the early days. So he's changed the format of it a bit now and he often interviews quite big names. But in the early days, sort of when I was listening five years ago, he would he was talking about Google My Business and those kinds of things and giving lots of value and, you know, giving to, he he has a book called The Boomerang Effect and it's about giving and you'll get things back kind of, you know. And he's very, very um, very Australian, you know, and he 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 comes across quite I mean he's 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 a lovely guy. I got to my one of my children said that they recognised his voice more more than their own dads had heard him so much <laughs> in the car. So yeah, I used to listen to that. I would say he's if you if you don't mind the Australian male thing, that's he that's a good a good podcast to listen to and then another Australian Tina Tower have you heard of her no I haven't heard of either of these so this is great yeah so her and she's got a podcast called Her Empire Builder so again she's I just find she's a mum of young children so she's quite you know I find I find her quite fun and then they both aren't very Australian they're quite sort of outgoing and you know it's quite they're quite fun and obviously I literally I'm not just saying this I have listened to all of your podcasts so uh, you know I, you know I have because you know it is very um I just find it so helpful there's always something that I pick up from a podcast and think I'm going to use that and you know I do so so they they would be my top three recommendations for podcasts but yeah I, I listen to a lot of audible books as well um yeah so do you want to do you want to um give us good book tips be it audible or, or read reading um yeah yeah uh, yeah what, what's the term yeah anyway so i there's a book that i haven't read yet but it looks really good and i um i had it recommended to me and that's everybody writes by Anne handley have you heard of that one no i've heard of Anne handley yeah she's yeah so very I, good that's on my that's on my on my table to read I haven't read that one but ones that I've used a lot today ask you answer mm-hmm. Marcus Sheridan that's someone that's probably you probably had that one recommended loads of times that's a content marketing book and again it's that principle of giving away your best bits of information really and not worrying about the fact that it's free because actually people will still want to work with you because you've answered their questions and you know you've been helpful really yeah um and then um and one is a bit more general, but, you know, it's great for business as well as life generally was start with why Simon Sinek. Yeah. I think that's a real, I've listened to that on Audible. Because um, sometimes a business book's a bit dry, isn't it? Uh, it can be yeah. difficult to plough through. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I, as we approach August, I know this is going out at the very beginning of August. Um, I plan to try and read some business books in August and then do a podcast episode on them later in the year because I'm terrible at reading books. I listen to a lot of podcasts and it, it's, yeah, the, the, it is different listening to actually reading. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think I take more of it. And also you can skip through any dull bits <laughs> if you're on the you know it's just really easy to you know get to the chapter that you want to on audible i just i just find it really helps and it, yeah i recommend audible to anyone that you know is, is a bit limited time to sit down and read but when you're on the go you can just listen to that really yeah absolutely and um, finally a piece of business advice for anybody whether they're starting out or or maybe um, a year or two into their business and I think I've probably already covered it a bit, but I would say collect reviews because I think that 
it comes much better from someone else than it does from you saying how good you are. I really, you know, that I absolutely 100% would say don't be embarrassed to ask um, for reviews. It's, you know, people will be very happy to do it. And don't keep bits. I think I was worried to start with that if I give away all my top tips that people won't want to, oh, well, she's given me that for free. But actually, often people want someone to help them through the process rather than doing it for themselves, which I think at the beginning, I didn't realise quite so clearly, really, or not clearly at all. So now I absolutely give away all the information that I'm also talking to parents about when they work with me one-to-one, but it's that, that personal touch that they're paying for. Um, so yeah, give, give away, don't be scared to give away your best bits of info because it will make people see you as the expert and that's actually what you want, um, you know, in your sort of point of difference really from, from other people. Um, and yeah, and be patient just, you know, over five years, it's been a real progression. And I think what's hard to get used to is the ups and downs. So really good, really good months and less good months. And now I'm happy with those less good months because I, I go out and, you know, do other things, write more blogs, you know, write more social media posts and, and go out for coffee with friends and, you know, that kind of thing. So I make, I make the most of those quiet times. And then when I'm busy, it's, it's just, yeah, great. Um, and, so I'm hoping it gets a bit more as time progresses. I'm hoping there are less quiet times and more, more busy times, and it's a bit more evenly spread. Um, so that yeah, keep keep going. Thank you. I couldn't put it better myself. Um, that was that was wonderful. Thank you so much, Rosie. It's been great having you on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it, Marie. Um, uh, it's hard hard to keep me quiet sometimes. So I hope I haven't, <laughs> no, hope I haven't been going on too much about things. No, definitely not. It's um, and it's really helpful for people who um, just to hear what other people are going through. So thank you very much for that. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Marie. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.